Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Amen. God is the God of the living, not the dead. Life is the story of God's creation of the cosmos, the heavens and the earth. This world of tribulation, this veil of sorrow, as we call it, can seem like death is its central motif, suffering and death. But that's because we think of this world as beginning with our fall from grace and ending with either our own death or the death of this world. In secular terms, by the earth being consumed by the sun and the heat death of the universe, or in theological eschatology with the final judgment and the dissolving of the elements of the cosmos and fire. But what if instead we thought of the story beginning with, in the beginning, God created, and ending with, God will be all in all? Then we'd see that the fall of angels and men are only a small ripple in the whole wave of God's grand narrative of creation, only one chapter in the book of life, or if you like, one volume in the series, the anthology, which leads to eternity. But how do we know this world of death fits in with that greater story of life? We know because of the Annunciation. But I'm talking about the first one, the one in the Garden of Eden, when an angelic being came to a woman to tell her about the fruit which would come to define her. This angelic being was not named Gabriel, which means God is my strength, but would come to be called the adversary, the Satan, Satan. This snake of an angel was envious of the glory for which God created mankind, these creatures of dust and wind. So he cunningly deceived them through his poisonous words, telling the woman she could be like God by disobeying him and grasping at a fruit which she wasn't ready for. This seduction of the serpent united the man and woman together for the sake of a fruit, which turned out to be their death. And thus Eve, the mother of the living, as her name meant, would pass on the disease of death to her offspring. But before that could happen, God himself would announce to the serpent there in the garden that day that one day, one offspring of woman would crush his head. As St. Leo the Great says, this offspring was none other than Jesus Christ to come in the flesh. Even God and man in one person who should be born of the virgin and by his virgin birth should condemn the seducer of man. And so the first annunciation or announcement of the birth of the Savior came not from the angel Gabriel, but from who? The God who walked with those humans in the garden that he had planted for them, who like the Yahweh figure who would speak face to face with Abraham by the tree of Mamre, to Moses on Mount Sinai, to Joshua outside of Jericho, to Gideon under the oak of Ophrah. This God who walked with people in the Old Testament and spoke with them face to face, we understand to be the word of God, the son of God, the pre-incarnate Lord who would take the name Jesus at his human birth. It's the son of God himself in the garden who announces his own birth. Then, in the fullness of time, when the winnowing process of the ages had brought about the birth of one woman who was so full of grace, 
and her heart so full of love that she was ready for her womb to become full of God. Now, a new angelic being came to a woman to tell her about the fruit that would come to define her. Instead of grasping for something she wasn't ready for, she waited on God as a servant in his temple for her whole life. Instead of stealing fruit, she was given fruit of her womb. Instead of being seduced, she was pure and conceived that fruit as a virgin. She reversed all that Eve had done wrong and her offspring redeemed from slavery of death all of Eve's offspring. Again, St. Leo. The devil rejoiced that he had by his artful cunning so deceived man as to make him lose the gifts of God and forfeit the privilege of eternal life. Yea, when the devil had thus brought man under the hard sentence of death, he found a certain solace for his own misery in the fact that he now had a comrade in his guilt. He thought also that God in his just anger would change his original design towards man whom he had made in such honor. But, dearly beloved, that unchangeable God whose will cannot be balked of its loving kindness in the dispensation of his own secret counsel had already provided a mysterious way of carrying out his original purpose of goodness. So it was that mankind, which had been led into sin by the wicked craft of the devil, was not suffered to perish and frustrate that gracious purpose of God. At Eve's hearing the words of the angelic being, in her was conceived her own destruction. At Mary's hearing of the words of the angel, in her was conceived her salvation and the salvation of all mankind. Life is restored to the inheritors of death. And though these bodies of dust and wind still die, though these heels of ours are still bruised, our death is now Christ's death, since he has redefined our nature in himself, which means that his crushing of the serpent's head is our crushing of the serpent's head, his resurrection, our resurrection, and ascension, and life everlasting. So in, Mary, in the place of Mary's forefathers, she now has children who are you and me, brothers and sisters of her son, Jesus Christ, who will become royal co-heirs with him in his kingdom. She has become the true mother of the living. She stands as the queen mother in heaven at the right hand of the king in a vesture of gold wrought about with diverse colors. She intercedes for us who make supplications before her. It's all right there in Psalm 45 from which our propers are derived today. So let us then ask for her gracious intercession as we now prepare ourselves to receive the fruit of her womb, even Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.